Carmen LaBurge. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Remember, it's your prayerful and faithful financial support that makes both the live show and the podcast available. Make your gift at MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks for joining us on this day after Thanksgiving. This is a special Best of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio. Again, good morning, and welcome to the second hour of the special day after Thanksgiving edition of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio. I'm Paul Perot, Carmen's producer. Thanks again for listening as we bring you some of our favorite conversations from the last couple of months. So while you enjoy your turkey omelet and other leftovers for breakfast this morning, we hope you listen close, because coming up in about a half an hour, we're going to listen again to Carmen's conversation with musician and author Andrew Peterson. Maybe you've heard his song, Is He Worthy?, or even sung it in church like I have. It is a powerful worship song. Well, along with being an excellent songwriter, he's just an all-around excellent writer. He penned a series of youth adventure novels called The Wingfeather Saga. The four books of the series were recently released in hardcover. And yes, we do have a couple of sets we'll be giving away later this morning. So we hope you stay with us. One of my favorite parts of the Christmas season are the stories we enjoy around the holidays. Some of my favorites are A Christmas Carol, It's a Wonderful Life, and yes, The Grinch is Stole Christmas. There are also some great stories that imaginatively look at the story of Jesus coming. Some from the perspective of people you hear about in the Bible, such as the shepherds, the wise men, Mary and Joseph. But what about the donkey that Mary may have ridden from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Award-winning novelist Lisa Sampson recently joined up with Leonard Sweet to bring us the first of a three-part series of stories that both plumb the depths of scripture and imagination to bring the story of Jesus to life. The first book is called Saint Is. If you're looking for a good Christmas story to share with your family this year, this might be the one. Carmen's conversation with Lisa Sampson coming your way in one minute as Mornings with Carmen continues here on Faith Radio. There's always a reason to always choose joy. There's something deeper that the world can't destroy. Smile when you think you can't smile. So Lisa Sampson um, loves a dog named Zeus, wrote about a donkey named Saint Is, and lives on an island called Orca. I think there's something going on here. Yes. So welcome to the Creative Spirit Menagerie with Lisa Sampson. I am Carmen LaBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Lisa, welcome. Thank you so much, Carmen. And and, uh, just greetings to you, too, on this early morning. Yes. Greetings to you on this early morning. I just think that we should start with Orca's Island sounds pretty cool. Like, can you actually, I mean, I know that you're not there right this minute or it would nearly be the middle of the night, but when you are on Orca's Island, can you see orcas from there? Yes, you absolutely can. You Now there are the boat tours that go out and they're mm-hmm. all in cahoots with each other. So they usually find it's a guaranteed whale sighting. But I have seen them from the shore and doing their playing. It's just 
amazing and they're such intelligent creatures. They have an amazingly complex language. They can communicate with each other telepathically. So one goes out and finds a school of fish and sooner or later, the rest of the pod comes and feeds. They're amazing, amazing creatures. So I wanted to start there because I feel like the donkey who we get to know in Saint is has been uh, inspired in your heart and mind by your interactions and exposure to the real animals here in the real world. And there's something going on there, right? The, the creatures are in a relationship with the creator in ways that we just get hints of. I totally, yes, you're exactly right. And one of the things that brought me into that vein of existence was when I got my dog And I would just notice my dog was in communication with things I couldn't see. And I thought to myself, I bet you he sees guardian angels and all sorts of things, you know, comforting, comforting, whatever is there that God sends to us. And so I noticed there is definitely a communication. They have a way of communicating with us. That's nonverbal, but that we know. When I was recording the audio version of Saint Is, I was reading these things. Before I was recording, I was practicing in my apartment, and I was reading these, these lines with this emotion, and some of them are very full of heartache and yearning, and I'm reading them out loud, and my dog is just constantly coming over and <laughs> comforting me because they feel these things that we do, and they feel them deeply. And I think that's a gift that God has given animals to support the people that are taking care of them. So it's a two-way situation. So I'm talking with Lisa Joy Sampson. We're actually, it doesn't sound like it, but we are talking about a brand new book and it's called Saint Is. We want to talk about the donkey that is uh, is the main character. Well, I don't know. Is God the main character? Is the donkey the main character? We could have that conversation. Um, but it is available, and it is really fun, and it is a Christmas. It's the Christmas story, but like you've never heard it before. So let's um, let's take people into the life of Saint Is, and if you want to, um, Lisa, you know, maybe start where the where the book actually starts. Well, the book actually starts with the legend of Balaam's ass, and Mm -hmm. that's a story, if you've been in Sunday school, you know that Balaam was a prophet for hire, and he's going to uh, Moab, to the king of Moab, summons him to curse Israel, who's waiting to enter the land. And so... Balaam takes his donkey to go to Moab, and the angel of the Lord comes and is trying to tell him, we don't want you to do this, and the donkey is the only one that sees the angel. And so we know the story that Balaam eventually beats his donkey three times, and the donkey finally is like, what have I ever done to you that you should treat me like this? And I love it because it's a she-donkey, and I could just picture her talking. You know, normally I pictured it as a male donkey, but when I read into the story, I was like, oh, (laughs) this is Mm -hmm. a female donkey. This sounds like something a female donkey would say. Like, what did I ever do to you? And so she delivers the prophet faithfully, and she does her job despite harsh circumstances that she's obviously living in, because we can assume this isn't the first time the donkey was beaten by Balaam. And she's rewarded for her her faithfulness in carrying this prophet who still divines the word of the Lord 
despite his own human frailty, right? His own his own issues that he he is and deals with. And so the angel asks the donkey if she would carry the Lord's Messiah someday. So we have got a very ancient donkey. This donkey has been on the trade routes. She's been grinding corn. She's been a battle donkey. So by the time she gets to Mary's family, she has been observing humanity for 1,400 years. So she has this sense of, of instinct that has come into her from this observation and and so she brings to us this ancient wisdom and a little sass along with it because she's not a human. So there's many things about us she just cannot comprehend or understand. I I love how you have extended the Christmas story to include, you know, the prophecies related to the coming of the Messiah, uh, because that's that is really what you're helping us see is, you know, in celebrating that, yes, there is a donkey that bears bears the Messiah in addition to Mary who bears the Messiah, in helping us see that character and in making Izzy kind of this eternal, I mean, she, you know, she's she lives a really long time, like, right, this is a very curious donkey, but it helps us see the Christmas story in the context of God's redemptive plan. And that is that is the Christmas story told in a way that not every child and even not every adult has understood. I agree, because it's such a long plan. And I believe that the patience and the loving kindness of God is it's throughout the ages, right? It's from the beginning to the end. It's from everlasting to everlasting. It's where the East meets the West and the sun rises and sets. And I believe that this donkey is, she's kind of an everyman put into an animal. And she shows the faithfulness of God. It's a long-standing plan. It's a long, it's an epic story that we're still a part of even to this day, because we are carrying on this story in our lives, in our patience, in our loving kindness, and in our service to the Messiah who is still with us. Christ's spirit is still with us and in us. And this story is not ending. It is an eternal story. And having this donkey be of such an ancient age and wisdom and and the way she has observed for so long, we can take this inside of us and say, we're continuing this. Yeah, she's, she's so fun. Izzy is so fun. Lisa Joy Sampson and I will be right back to talk more about Izzy and Saint Iz. Continuing my conversation with Lisa Joy Sampson, you can find her on Facebook, writer Lisa Sampson. Sampson is S-A-M-S-O-N. The book we're discussing today is Saint Is, but she has a lot of delightful things that she has written, um, and there's more to come. So can you talk with us just about this project a little bit? Um, We had... Leonard Sweet on the program not too long ago, and he's the one who told us that not only was this forthcoming, but there were going to be other things that 
would he he whetted our appetite not only for Saint Is but for um but for a series. Can you talk a little bit about what's going on? Yes. We are working on bringing narrative imagination. So there are ways to approach scripture. Scripture, like the story, as you know, is pretty high level. There are many gaps in what happened in between things, how people got where they got. And so we are really dedicated for people to insert themselves imaginatively in the story of the Bible, keeping those main points intact, but using their imagination. And so that is what Saint is is about. We have used our imagination, and where all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, there's a lot going on in between. So we decided we are going to use our imaginations and tell the story Fill in the blanks in a different way. And one of the things that really predicated the story was we wanted a strong-willed Mary. And that made everything else fall into place. With Mary being strong-willed, with this donkey that is tired out by the time she gets to her. And Mary is the donkey's champion every bit as much as the donkey is Mary's friend and takes her where she wants to go. And the donkey is a constant friend to her. So the two playing off of each other, that sparked our imaginations. And we also know that Mary's family and the people of Nazareth weren't all that keen on Jesus. So we were able to bring a sense of of conflict in her family with her, which also provided a movement for her how she ended up going to Bethlehem with Joseph. So there's a little bit more intrigue. There's a little bit more conflict. And in that, I think the story takes on a different kind of depth and an excitement that might be missing, um, that has been missing in some stories up to this point. So it's a little bit more engaging, I would say. Yeah, no, it's definitely more engaging. So Saint Is um, says the first book. Yes. So there are more. There are. There's going to be three. The second is in progress now in the writing process, and that's going to be called Saint As, and it's the story of Jesus's years between uh, his birth and to where he starts his ministry. So there's a lot that we can surmise from Scripture, and we're going to go into that. We'll go into Egypt. We're going to go into his training, his rabbinical training. Um, You're going to see a Jesus that is far more accomplished, far more worldly in the sense that he had many opportunities and places that he went and learned from, and particularly Jerusalem, that he had a a rabbinical training and became a doctor of the law um, when we're going to go into his ministry years. And so, and that will be the third book, which is St. Us. Oh, I love that. Saint is, Saint as, Saint Us. Oh, I love that. Okay. I'm now I'm, you know, now I'm waiting and now I'm like thinking there should be a box set. Okay. So, but I'll be patient. (laughs) Um, you describe yourself, I really like this, as a free spirit creative. Yes. Um, and yet 
your spirit is obviously captivated by the Word of God and and the Spirit of God. Can you? I I want to have that conversation because I think we all we often imagine that genuinely free spirit creatives can't also be Christians. Like that's just not you know they must be some they're you know they're kind of loony they're out there they right. eat a lot of granola I mean I don't know but um <laughs> right so talk with me about as a Christian the freedom of being a free spirit creative those are not mutually exclusive realities. They are not. And this is why Jesus reached down and pulled me out of the miry clay. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I am surrendered to being as, as you know, Paul talked about being in Christ. Uh, Leonard and I were just talking uh, yesterday about another project we're working on, and he said 166 times Paul uses the term in Christ, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And if we are in Christ and Christ is in us, that is the freest spirit we can be because God is not bound by time. He is not bound by so many things we we are or we think we are. And so the freedom we can experience in Christ, the image of God within us as creators, we were born to create, to decide this, to decide that, put them together. We are all creating our life. And we can when we create our life in Christ and we have been set free, there is only one way to be a creative, and that is a free spirit creative. I want to hang out with you. Yeah, let's let's right. Okay, I yeah, because I just feel like the the energy. All of us as Christians are living with this, you know, in this derivative energy, right? We are deriving this energy from from God, and it is awesome. But we're not always deploying it. I mean, I think I think that the the light under a basket issue is one that many many Christians deal with. We. I mean, we've been set free, but we're not free indeed. We are, gosh, we are just, I don't know. There's something that doesn't seem quite right about just letting the spirit just loose. And yet we can't bind the spirit and certainly not in any ways that are um, that are appropriate. And so thank you for um, being who you are authentically in Christ in the full freedom of the spirit and then allowing that creative force, the creative force of the creator to Use your imagination in a way that is holy and bound to the Word of God, but bringing the story forth in a way that I believe is going to inspire people to examine the life of Christ again. And that's it's so exciting. It's just so exciting. So let me just say thank you um, for the gift of you being with us today. Thank you for sharing your time. Thank you for the gift of Saint Is, and I can hardly wait to un- unwrap Saint As and Saint Us with you. Oh, thank you, Carmen. This has been a true joy. So many blessings on you and your work in Christ, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That is Lisa Sampson. Check her out. You can check her out on Facebook, writer Lisa Sampson. The book is Saint Is. We'll be right back.
Again, good morning and thanks for listening to this Best of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on this day after Thanksgiving. I'm Paul Perot, her producer. Hey, question for you. Do you have kids or grandkids that like stories that are not only engaging but deep? Stories like The Chronicles of Narnia or The Lord of the Rings series. Well, singer, songwriter, and author Andrew Peterson recently joined Carmen. As a child, he was inspired by such novels. When his kids were younger, he wanted to write engaging stories for his kids. And from that came the Wing Feather series of novels. That series was recently re-released in hardback. And we have a couple of sets to give away. So text the word book and just those four letters, B-O-O-K, to 877-933-2484. Follow the instructions you get back to get in the drawing for a chance to win a copy of all four hardcover books of the series. Again, we have two sets to give away. Again, text the word BOOK to 877-933-2484 to enter. Carmen's Conversation with Andrew Peterson is about five minutes away, so stay with us. This is the Best of Mornings with Carmen for this day after Thanksgiving on Faith Radio. Really fun to be welcoming back today Andrew Peterson. You know him as a singer, a songwriter, the author of the Wing Feather Saga. Andrew, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's so fun. So um, I want to talk today about all the live events that are now virtual. I want to talk about what pandemic life has been like for you. Um, but let's lead off with a conversation about this kind of big news that the Wing Feather Saga series is now like this beautiful I mean, it's just beautiful four book set and it's come out in, you know, in a really beautiful format. I know you were actually kind of excited to just see it on a bookshelf at a bookstore. So talk yeah. with us about uh, about what's out right now that's new for yeah. books. Well, it's like every author's dream is that their books would last long enough for like a special edition hardcover, you know. Right. And so I'm still geeking out about it. I can't believe it. So I the books came out. I think the first one came out in 2008 and I had started writing it about five years before that. So this is like a long journey for me. And uh, the one of the cool things about writing books as opposed to music is that books have like a way longer shelf life than music does, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Literally. Like, yeah. And so like I put out a record and then about, you know, a month later I start getting emails from people saying, when is your new record coming out? And so people are, music just kind of like comes out and hopefully it lasts, but you know, not like books. And so it's been so cool to like have the, the book part of what I do kind of grow over the years. And so when Random House uh, agreed to release these books in hardcover, it gave us this cool chance to redo the covers and to fill them with new illustrations. And so it's just like the 12 year old kid in me is freaking out. It's so fun. So 12-year-old kids, um, that's a, that's kind of a good group to talk about. Let's actually talk about um, who this series is maybe being most appreciated by, because you actually know that. You have a lot of evidence. Kids write to you all the time about this. So just for people who are com- completely unfamiliar with the Wing Feather Saga, introduce them to it. And then, you know, I'm just going to tell them it's a four-book series. It's amazing. And I have copies to give away. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. So, Andrew, tell us about the Wing Feather Saga. Well, I, w- I wanted to write books before I, I got into music. So, I, you know, when I was in high school, music was kind of your fallback. Yeah. Which is a terrible (laughs) fallback. Um, I know, but I, 
you know, I was way into comic books and I read fantasy novels when I was a kid and loved movies, all that kind of stuff. And then music became the thing that I felt like God had called me to. But the whole time I was doing doing music in the back of my mind, I was like, I've just got to know what it feels like to write a big epic fantasy novel, yeah, the kind of book I would have loved when I was a kid. And so when my kids were probably five or six years old, I read the Narnia books to them. And that was what did it. I was like, okay, I, I just have to do this. I have to know what it's like to to fight my way to create a, story. a world. I, I mean, you really you because yeah. you create a whole world. Yeah, and that which which you know if, if Tolkien is one end of the spectrum and and C.S. Lewis is the other end, I leaned more toward the Tolkien side of things, where I really wanted the world to feel its big, vast, epic mm-hmm. world with its own history and that kind of thing. But I also you know have a soft spot for the Princess Bride and Monty Python, so there's a little bit of goofiness in the in especially in the earlier in the series, but. I just loved the idea of having a, a world where the scariest thing that lives in the forest is called the toothy cow. So it's this fanged <laughs> cow that lives in the woods. And, and uh, <laughs> but there are also dragons and sword fights and the whole thing. And uh, but I really oh, yeah, they're to, wicked, wicked stranders, ridge runners, the trolls, you know, I cloven you haunt, know the cloven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fa- yeah. Yeah. Monsters, fangs, uh-huh. the fangs. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. so I wanted there to be this like childlike color to the story but i also wanted the stakes to be real you know and yeah. so really the story is about in many ways what's going on in the hearts of these kids so there's these three kids the igaby children who are these siblings that live in a little village that's overrun by these creatures called the fangs of dang and in book one they stumble upon a secret that changes their lives forever and so mm-hmm. it's this big big story so anyway i it's uh, i've been reading them aloud on facebook so that, that we mentioned the pandemic earlier that I was on tour in March. I was actually in England on tour in March when when everything got crazy. And like I remember one day, I think we were in Glasgow, Scotland, we when when we realized that the borders were about to close and we had to come home. And so we just <laughs> had to cancel the tour, came home, but at the time like like a lot of people I think we were like, okay, this is going to be about a month of craziness. And uh, then the next tour canceled. My Easter tour got canceled. Then the summer shows got canceled. And then the fall shows got canceled. And the Christmas tour got canceled. So I, we just kind of all found ourselves going, what are we going to do? So in March, when all the kids were sent home from school and everybody was indoors because it was cold, I just thought, I'm just going to read my books aloud. And so I started reading 30 Minutes a Night on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, it just became one of the great parts of this whole year for me. It was amazing. Um, there were so many families tuning in. So so you guys can still um, enter into that on Facebook with Andrew Peterson. You can also check out the entire Wing Feather Saga series and extra maps and artwork, a pronunciation guide, which you will need, coloring pages, all kinds of cool stuff at wingfeathersaga.com. So um, Andrew and I are going to pivot our conversation a little bit after the break. So let me just say again, if you're interested in the drawing for the Wing Feather Saga series, because we actually have sets of all four books. And so you can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Andrew Peterson and I will be right back. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. I know it's hard. 
hard to hear it. Continuing my conversation with Andrew Peterson, uh, I invite you to visit him. He's on all the socials. Andrew-Peterson.com is a great one-stop place to find all of his links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also check out the entire Wing Feather Saga series at wingfeathersaga.com. Uh, Andrew, let's uh, let's talk about life because we recently talked with Kristen Getty about the Even Song Project, and I'm wondering what it's like to now hear your daughter Sky, you know, as a mm. as an artist that other people are listening to and appreciating. Oh my goodness, I can't. I don't even have words for it. It's just one of the best things ever. All three of the kids are are flourishing in creative ways, and uh, and they actually all got together one one of the cool things that happened because of lockdown was that they were all stuck at home uh more or less because aiden you know they closed the campus at lipscomb so aiden our oldest was home sky was still finishing up high school asher lives a few minutes away and jamie and i kept telling them you guys need to make a record together you guys should make like a sibling album because sky has released a few eps asher's been producing records aiden's like the guy who he's mainly a visual artist but he kind of like sits in his room and writes, you know, these brilliant songs. And then he's kind of the got this weird, uh, fascinating to me thing where he doesn't really feel the need to share them with people. He doesn't like to be on stage, really. But he's writing these amazing songs. And so it, it, it adds to his intrigue, I think, a little bit. And so anyway, they said yes. So the kids kickstarted a record. Um, they named their band Wake Low, uh, W-A-K-E-L-O-W, which is named after that big storm Thing that came through Nashville. It was called a Wake Low System. And so, anyway, they released that record, and then the Gettys invited Sky to sing on on one of their a few of their songs, actually. And so, man, it's just the best thing. It's the best thing. I can't tell you how many times my wife and I have just bawled like uh, boohoo cried watching our kids um, using their gifts for the kingdom. So that makes you and Jamie like empty nesters. Like yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, so, as of about two weeks ago. Yeah, we we dropped Sky off, and we were talking to Aiden about it. He was asking what it was like, and we were like, you know, the fact that it, right now, at least, the kids aren't—they're all doing great. You know, I, yeah. I have no illusions that that life is going to be perfect for them, but in this little narrow window of time, each of them—they're just kind of like doing their thing and working hard, and and they're healthy, and so we're just that. What that means is that Jamie and I have this freedom to go guilt-free go out to lunch as often as possible. So Absolutely. So, and the thing, like I remember we dropped Sky off at, at school and uh, Jamie and I went and got lunch somewhere and it was like 20 bucks. And we were like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you mean we can eat out for $20 <laughs> instead of whatever the 50 was that we had to pay when it's everybody? So, and the, the nice thing is that Jamie and I actually like each other. You know, we have been married for 25 and a half years now and and I'm so thankful that she still likes hanging out with me. And you're still like the create, you've not lost your creative edge. In fact, it seems to be like finding ever new, wonderful expressions. And you're also so generous of spirit and adept at cultivating an emerging generation and others around you. So I'm interested to know, because your community, your writing community, your creative community is so collaborative and you've, you've expressed that and you've shared that with us. But in, in a pandemic, like, what's that been like? How has that part of your experience morphed? It's been really tough. On one hand, I'm really, I've been pretty uh, homesick for a few years now and um, have been praying for some kind of a sabbatical, some kind of a break from the road, because I really love to play music. 
it's hard to say no, you know, when it comes time to go out on the road and do my thing. I feel God's pleasure when I'm doing a concert. And so uh, at the same time, that part of me has been in tension with this deep weariness of constantly moving, constantly being on, on the move. And so I've been just aching to spend some real time at home. So in that sense, the 2020 has been a blessing because we've been able to be home. But the hard part of it is, is that like the, the main thing that I do is kind of taken away from me. That also means uh, I haven't had any identity crisis situations, but it was it's easy to see how somebody could. Like if, if you identify too closely with, with what you do and what you do is then taken away from you, who are you, you know? <laughs> and so I, I haven't struggled with that because thank, thank goodness I out, outgrew that several years ago. But I have really ached to see my friends, you know? Mm-hmm. There's so much, so much camaraderie that happens on the road and there's this like, you know, you've got your band of brothers and you're all out there fighting the good fight together and singing about the gospel and and laughing together after the shows. There's so much richness to that part of life. And and now that I've been home long enough, I've, I've really begun to realize how how precious that is. You know, I'm missing it. But the Rabbit Room, which is a ministry that I'm a part of, um, we've been doing our best to pivot and provide, you know, resources for people and and uh, we hosted it. We had to change our conference to an online conference. The team cooked up the most wonderful, interactive online thing you can imagine. And so there have been little, you know, band aids, sort of. You know, it's not like it's 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 replaced the in person community, but it has made it made it a lot easier. So I'm wondering, um, Andrew, because you're you're referencing there Hutchmoot, which you did as a homebound thing this year. Is Hutchmoot can is that something that people can still actually like avail themselves of in a digital form, or that was sort of like you were in the room or you weren't? So yeah, the Hutchmoot stuff was available for a short time, but like it's all there's so much content that we're gonna be we're gonna be like teasing out on the website. Um, there, I think there were 24 hours of uh, wow. content lectures from people, concerts, uh, all kinds of like cool discussions that were happening and uh, from everything from like, you know, C.S. Lewis to food. Um, (laughs) Great, great conversations about, you know, God and creativity and all that kind of stuff. So, so yes, there's all this content that, that we're definitely going to, going to continue to share with people. Um, But that's kind of what the rabbit room is. It's just, you know, there's a page full of resources and just it was one of the cool things about the lockdown when, when that happened. So many families were <laughs> who weren't homeschooling were suddenly their kids were home from school and they were trying to figure out how to use their time since they couldn't leave home easily. And the rabbit room, we had a staff meeting. We're like, oh, my goodness, we are so perfectly positioned to serve people because we have books and music and online book discussions and all of these resources that the rabbit room could give to people. And uh, it, was, it was just a joy to see. So much fun. Okay. So if you want to check that out, go to rabbitroom.com. Um, Andrew, I've got one more, uh, one more question for you. Um, and thank you again so much. Such a joy to talk with you. I have heard you say to aspiring writers and other artists, self-expression is dead. That, that really the creative effort has to be about serving the people who are like in need of a point of entry into glory, like a way of touching that which is holy. And that that's really this, all of this creative energy is poured into us that we might pour it into points where other people can access it. Talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that, because I think that a lot of people 
imagine that producing art of any form is really about their self-expression. And that's not really what it's about. Yeah, I think that you'll run out of gas really quickly if your main goal is just to express yourself. And I would say, too, that if, if your goal is to leave a mark on the world, then that's that's like a snake eating its own tail, too, because it's uh, self-glorification. I really think that art at its best is a way to love people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way of giving of yourself, laying down your life for the sake of another. That's when art is at, at its best. And ultimately, obviously, that your hope is that it points people home, that it, it points people to Christ. Uh, there's this uh, great C.S. Lewis essay, and it's about you know, bigger ideas than what I even know how to explain. But, but the illustration is called like the illustration of the tool shed. He describes like walking into a tool shed and it's rusty and old and there are holes in the tin roof and that there are these beams of light coming down, you know, through and the the beams of light are illuminating the dust motes and you can see these beautiful beams kind of falling on the floor. He was like that the beams of light are beautiful, right? But what you really want is to go and stand in the beam of light and look along the beam. And when you do that, then you can see outside of the tool shed at the trees and the blue sky and the sun. And I think uh, that's one principle in the rabbit room that we talk about a lot is that is that we do want to draw attention to good albums and books and the work that people are doing. And those things are all good. Those are all beams of light that are beautiful to behold. But what we really want is for those to be ways for people to come and stand in the light and look along the beam and see that there's this other world to see the source of the light, the source of the goodness and the beauty. And so I think as an artist, that's, that's in my opinion, if you're a Christian and you're an artist that like, you want to do more than just illuminate the motes of dust. <laughs> you want to, you want to provide uh, an arrow that points to Jesus himself. And so I think the way to do that is, and the, I, I would say the way God does it is through longing. C.S. Lewis talks about, if I find in myself a desire that nothing on this earth can satisfy, then the most logical explanation is that I was made for another world. I think part of the point is to pay attention to those moments when your heart is feeling tugged with this longing, this dissatisfaction with the world as it is, this yearning for a world that is remade, uh, for bodies that don't die, for community that isn't fractured, <laughs> for you know a city that is holy and beautiful and brings glory to God. All of those things, I think art is one of the ways that God has given us to not just teach us something, not just to entertain us or to give us pleasure. Like All those things are good. They can be good. But ultimately, it's what's on the other side of it. That's the real power of art, I think. Well, and Andrew, I think what you've just articulated is the sort of the substantial reality of hope. Hope is not something that's just mystical or ethereal or even imagined it, it is real it is substantial and yeah it's on the other side of of what we experience right now but it's real it's real it's real reality andrew peterson thank you thank you thank you uh the wing feather saga is now available in a beautiful four book hardcover set uh, we want you to encourage you to check that out if you are interested in entering the drawing for the copies we have, text the word book to 877-933-2484. Check it all out at wingfeathersaga.com. You can also check out Rabbit Room. You can check out everything Andrew's doing, andrew-peterson.com. Good one-stop a place to check all of that out. Andrew, thank you uh, so much. Thank you, Carmen. Good to talk to you. You too. We'll be right back. His 
Well, again, thank you for listening to this Best of Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio for this day after Thanksgiving. Again, if you'd like to enter the drawing to win a copy of the set of books in hardcover of Andrew Peterson's Wingfeather Saga, we have two sets we're giving away. Enter our drawing by texting the word book to 877-933-2484. May the rest of your Thanksgiving weekend be blessed. We hope you join us on Monday at 6 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Eastern as Carmen returns with her guests and some great conversations conversations to wake up to right here on Faith Radio. I'm Carmen LeBurge. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Remember, it's your prayerful and faithful financial support that makes both the live show and the podcast available. Make your gift at myfaithradio.com.